to another episode of Law Schoolers. In this episode, we are starting our in-depth discussion about attachment. And specifically in this episode, we're going to be going over the attachment requirements. We mentioned previously that there were three requirements for attachment. We're also going to be talking about future advancements and then also situations where you can automatically attach. But I just want to outline what attachment is and then the essential sections before getting into those specific requirements that we'll be talking about. Attachment is simply the relationship between the creditor and the debtor and their collateral. The essential sections that we're going to be talking about is 9203A and then B1 through 3. We're going to primarily be focusing on 9203B3 subsection A because these are going to be the requirements for attachment. Other things, sections that we need to be aware of is section 9102. These are going to be definitions. Uh, primarily, we're going to be focusing on the definitions of the different categories uh, of collateral and then also the definition of proceeds. And then we also need to know about nine, section 9109, um, which is the scope of Article 9, what is covered by a secured transaction and what is not because you can't attach to something that is not or cannot have a security interest. But we'll get more into those in future episodes as well, especially especially the scope of Article 9. But let's go ahead and start talking about the attachment requirements. What are the requirements for attachment? This is going to be outlined in Section 9203 AMB. And then also our definition of value is going to be in Section 1204 instead of Article 9. So a security interest arises when the creditor has rights in the collateral. There are going to be three elements to attach that are outlined in 9203. First, you need to have value given. This is going to be uh, the most, sorry, the most common method of providing value is going to be the loan. This is also known as the obligation. The creditor gives the loan to the debtor. That's going to be your value. Second, the debtor must have rights in the collateral. This is really straightforward. A debtor can't give away something that they don't have. Uh, for example, I own this water bottle. I can offer up this water bottle as collateral. But if I don't offer, if I don't own this, sorry, this water bottle, this water bottle belongs to a friend of mine. Well, I can't go to the bank and say, "Hey, I'm going to give you my friend's collateral, my friend's water bottle as collateral." It's just not going to work. And then. The third element is that one of the following has to be satisfied. First, the debtor must have provided an authenticated agreement. This is going to be the typical method. This is going to be a security agreement. Oftentimes when you go and have a transaction, you're going to have a contract. And that contract is going to state the rules of the loan when you pay it back, when you make payments, how much those payments are going to be. But it also is going to go ahead and say, hey, this is going to be my collateral. If I don't pay back the loan, you can take this as collateral. That's going to be an authenticated security agreement. Another way that you can um, have this satisfied is going to be through possession. 
Another way is going to be through control, and another way is going to be actual delivery of the collateral. We're going to be focusing most of our time on the security agreement, but we will also spend some time focusing on possession, delivery, and control, as those are other things that could satisfy attachment requirements. Okay, so our requirements, value, having rights, and then typically a security agreement, an authentic, authenticated security agreement, which an authentication just means that it's signed. It needs to be in writing. Okay. Security agreements are also going to contain a lot of the time future advancements clauses. These are allowed in uh, Article 9, Section 9204C. They're also described more in Comment 5. But a future advance is when the lender provides additional finances to the borrower without needing to draft a new security agreement for those additional loans. So, debtor goes to the creditor and says, hey, I need money. Perfect. Creditor gives them money. Later, the debtor comes back to the same creditor and says, hey, I need more money. Perfect. I'll give you more money. That additional money is going to be that future advancement. Interestingly, this is where comment five comes in. Future advances don't need to be connected to the original loan, meaning they don't need to be related to be enforceable underneath the same original security agreement. Okay, the last thing that we need to talk about is automatic attachment. Because this is, again, another way that you can attach without needing to satisfy all three of those attachment requirements. This is going to be outlined in 9203F, G, H, and I. And those are describing the certain types of collateral that can automatically attach. These are going to include certain investment property. Uh, specifically, these are going to be securities or commodities accounts. I don't know very much about these. All I know is that they automatically attach. You can have a line of credit. These are going to be mortgages, for example, but mortgages aren't covered by Article 9. Um, promissory notes, which are then used to secure a loan. And then a guarantee on an account. So those are our attachment requirements. Most generally, we're going to require value to be given debtor having rights in the collateral, and then an authenticated security agreement. But we also talked about future advancements and also automatic attachment. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro, and you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't are pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice. And with that, the fourth thing is, if it is used as legal advice, 
we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.